care and feeding of werewolves. Episode 2, The Garden. Witches are beings swathed in mystery, with remarkable power over life and death. They are born to an ancient tradition, one that has had to evolve in an ever-changing world. I'm your host, Don K. Assenborough. Join me as we explore the hidden realm of the witch. The den of this particular witch reaches an impressive height of nearly eight meters and appears to have been inhabited by several previous generations of witches in what is likely a continuing family line. The exterior is elaborately embellished with carved wooden details and colorfully decorated with deep purple and dark blue pigments the latter setting it apart from the other layers in this immediate region, which are far more prosaic in hue. A clan of pixies lives in the vegetation surrounding the den, in a symbiotic relationship with the witch, as they both rely on the fruits, herbs, and flowers. Without this bounty, both would be forced to search further afield for their needs. Although it is on the cusp of winter, the witch cleverly constructed a shelter of glass to ensure that there are enough stores to see everyone through the coldest months in a truly unique demonstration of instinct and interspecies cooperation. Oh. Oh, they've spotted me and gone on alert to defend themselves. Note how unerring their accuracy with their arrows, cleverly tipped with non-ferrous materials. Lucky for me, I am but a visitor to this realm and able to become incorporeal at will. If I was caught unawares, that would really hurt and possibly take in one of my several eyes. Let's, uh, let's go inside, shall we? Witches have adapted to almost any environment and this one's perfectly suited to the damp of the Pacific Northwest. She's ensured that her home is snug and secure against the elements, with soft, colorful coverings scattered over the floor and draped over windows that let in light 
and allow her to keep watch for any predators. For now, all is quiet in her peaceful, cozy den. This distinctive call is a warning to any unwelcome intruders that she is hungry and on the prowl for food. Witches are omnivores with a varied diet. This one is making a meal of tea and toast which appears to be a staple for her, as you can see the remnants of previous kills. On average, witches range from 1.5 to 1.8 meters in height. This one is on the lower end of that scale and weighs... <laughs> no. Ah, there are... Their coloring varies wildly, and they will dye and style their fur according to regional or personal preferences. Fur is a vital feature in attracting a mate. Like others of her species, the witch subspecies is fertile all year round and may mate for one night or for life. This adult female has no mate or young of her own and does not appear to be looking for one. Note the ungroomed, dull brown fur. Hazel, I'm here. A half-orc intruder encroaches upon the witch's territory. Be down in a minute! This one has reached an adult height of 1.8 meters. Note the missing canines. This puts him at a disadvantage when it comes to defending himself and his territory. Despite his larger size, the male defers to the smaller female's dominance, perhaps because of his youth. The lack of ink and other ornamentations which are used to communicate prowess and virility. Mark this one as a newly matured male. I thought you got rid of this guy. I don't know what he is, so it's a little hard to block out an unknown entity that can go incorporeal at will and appears to travel between dimensions? If you've got an idea, I'm all ears. He's all eyes. He's got so many, it feels like he's always watching you. Oh, I know, right? This is the heart of the witch's den, where the magic happens. She keeps her tools and supplies stored on multiple shelves with plants arrayed along a wall of windows. A large wooden table dominates the center of the room and is scarred with use. Otto, get down off of that. You're scratching up the furniture. You have your own perch and nest over there. She's chosen to adopt a miniature dragon, Draco Sylvanus. 
and treats it as she would her own offspring. You named it? Well, I couldn't keep calling him Jerkface or Bitey McBiterson, so I taught him how to sterilize tools and named him Autoclave. Auto for short. You'd better hope your Nana's cool with the pet dragon when she gets back. Miniature dragons reach 75 centimeters in length. Nearly half of that is their tail, which they use for balance and to help steer while in flight. Although they are capable of true flight, they prefer to glide underneath the forest canopy, where they are safer from larger predators. This one appears to be recovering from a recent injury that restricts his ability to fly. The bandages are an indication of the vital role his witch plays in the ecosystem by caring for the injured and ill of multiple species. Thanks, creepy watcher dude. Oh, hey, I figured out what that pneumatic tube is for. The mail that's been coming through it isn't in English. I thought reading doctors' handwriting was bad. Try reading demonic. You shouldn't judge. It's probably hard to use a pen if you got claws. You're right. Although, I have seen some beautiful cursive from demons with prehensile tails. Anyway, I don't do well with languages that don't use the Latin alphabet. It's not like Google can translate demonic. So translation's been slow going. It's the beginning of the miniature dragon's mating season, when the males become more aggressive in their search for a mate. Otto here likes to play with the tube. I think he likes the sound or something? He's been dropping all sorts of things into the canister and chucking it down the tube. Flowers, candles, rocks, bones. He dropped one of your cookies in the canister. Hey! Oh, hello! This, uh, this particular specimen is demonstrating this aggression. Ow! He seems to be feeling quite randy. This is the first chance I've had to observe, let alone participate in a dragon's mating behavior. Is Otto pumping that dude's head? Yep. <laughs> that really hurt. His sharp talons typically wouldn't penetrate a mate's hide. However, they can easily pierce my flesh. Ah, my antenna! Still. <laughs> now we know how to I'm get rid of him. <laughs> uh, carefully, drop <laughs> at, at least someone around here is having a good time. Ungroomed, don't for my ass. Right there. Don't worry, I can mix you up a plan B potion if you're not ready for an egg. <laughs> <laughs> Good Otto, you want a treat for scaring off the weird voyeur? Yeah, have a piece of kidney. Good boy, who's a good boy? 
Yeah, he's not a good boy if he's giving away my cookies. Don't look at me. Take it up with the lizard. Oh, so he sent that cookie to wherever that thing goes. Right away, a message came back, written in English with what looks like blood, asking for more. Between letters back and forth and Nana's records, I found that she uses it to order obscure items that tend to get flagged in customs for things that could look like parts of endangered animals, teeth, horns, fur. Yeah, makes sense. You could probably get fresh blood that way too without getting in trouble. Maybe you could negotiate a better price if you make him some of those lemon cupcakes. Good idea, cupcake. I asked if they've seen Nana or know where she might have gone. You want to know the response I got? It was that damn rune again, Perthro. I swear, that freaking thing is following me everywhere. I see it in my dreams, every cup of tea. I thought I even saw it in my cereal yesterday. Um, how much sleep have you been getting? Bite me. No thanks. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> Unfortunately, English is not their strong suit any more than demonic is mine, so... The rest of their answer is more of the same from what I can tell. Outside threat, missing, watched, and a warning to be cautious. Did you find anything on those weird null spots? I've barely made a dent on the extensive library and haven't found anything on anti-magic fields. That's hardly surprising since they're mostly about the practice of magic, not how to erase it. On the bright side, though, they've completely dissipated now. Oh, that's a relief. Wait, where's the other nuisance? Otto? He got into my gym bag, but he's not there now. Oh, my dirty socks are missing. Ew, why would he... Damn it, Otto! We do not piss off demons in this house! You don't want to start a war with hell because their bioweapons are better than ours. Ugh. Apparently, there are some smells that even demons can't tolerate. I'm gonna let you two sterilize that thing. I'll be in the back pulling files for today's appointments. Thank you for listening. Today's episode was written by Brenna Anderson Dowd, performed by Frederick Elmore and Brenna Anderson Dowd, edited by Frederick Elmore, music by Kevin Elmore. Find us on Facebook at Care and Feeding of Werewolves. Tweet us on Twitter at Care Werewolves or email us at feedingwerewolves at gmail.com. Please rate and review. Care and Feeding of Werewolves is a podcast distributed by Kerfuffle and Chaos Productions and licensed under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution share alike 4.0 international. All content on the Care and Feeding of Werewolves podcast is fictional and for entertainment purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Reliance on any information provided by Care and Feeding of Werewolves, Kerfuffle and Chaos Productions, or anyone involved with the production of this podcast is solely at your own risk. Except for disturbing a witch before she's had caffeine.
don't do that. 